0: So joining us tonight on the AstroZero Twitter Spaces is a fantastic Polygon artist. Uh, Started becoming a very good friend with this guy uh, as of late and really enjoyed talking to him. He's a creator of a collection of unique robots. It's Mr. Deadbot Nation. So welcome to our spaces, man. Glad to have you here. Thank you for the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. So can you tell us a little bit of your background um, as far as art goes and What made you decide to start getting into NFTs and making a collection? So, you know, as a
1: child, I, like a lot of us, I just, I drew all the time. Like art was, you know, I'd get A pluses, everything else was terrible, but I just loved art from before I could talk. And it's just been pervasive in my life. Um, I, you know, I, comic books, animation, Pretty much ruled the majority of my childhood. Um, I would draw continually. I would write stories. Everything about that environment was just magical for me. And I would just do that night and day, 24-7. And as I grew up, you know, uh, my parents were a little more on the practical side. They're like, you need a real career. (laughs) So, you know, they're like, how about uh, design school? How about you go, um, you know, learn some graphic design, some marketing, those kinds of things you know, that made sense. I really wanted to, you know, go to art school, but I said, I'll do that first. So I went on to, you know, get a career in design, um, and headed out into the world. And, you know, it was always still there And the, you know, I still collected comics, you know, I, I was an adult, but I loved it. And I didn't care. I even had collectibles, you know, I was that kid at heart. I, I just couldn't let that go, but I had a day job and, you know, I was designing, you know, like, pizza coupons and store things and you know it was just i was doing it and it, but it wasn't the love that i had um and so i i kept doing that for a while but art started to creep back in and a lot of what happened was um i met a few people i i lived on the east coast and i met a few people through facebook which because it was a long time ago um that had they were doing events out in uh, california a lot of them they were extreme support Uh, sport events like skateboarding and um, surfing and those kind of things. And I just, I mean, I already loved extreme sports and I just love this environment. And it was, it was crazy because this was the early, late nineties, early two thousands. And it was exploding. Like with the X games were just getting huge and all of this stuff was going on and it feels a lot like what, you know, the energy around NFTs, but that was just kind of the thing happening then. And I met a particular guy that I really, really vibed with, and he had a a skateboard company, a small one, but his niche was um, up and coming girls who were getting into extreme sports and they didn't, they didn't have a lot of the spotlight. A lot of the guys, you know, would get, you know, all the camera time, but he wanted to help represent them. So he had skateboards that were specifically designed. I mean, the decks were basically the same, but I mean, the, you know, the style of the art. And all of that was really geared towards that niche of like young pros or young uh, girls trying to come up as pros. And so he's like, hey, dude, can you, you know, work with me to do promotion, to do merch, to do these things? And I just was like, the light came on. I I could still do design. I still had a day job, but the entire night I'd be on the phone. I'd be like designing, you know, merch for different events. And it kind of lit the fire again. You know, I mean, it still wasn't exactly what I loved, but it was. It it kind of got things going. So I was super busy. Um, I was married at the time. Um, I was, you know, all night. My wife would go to sleep, and I would be working all night on this stuff. I get three hours of sleep. I do a day job. I'd come home. You know, give my son a bath. He he was born uh, in two thousand eight, and you know, it was just I was like super busy, super busy with this, and. In 2010, um my wife had a massive heart attack, which we were we weren't even at home. And it, it happened one day we were in a store and she just collapsed. And, you know, you can imagine my world. Like I I'd been so incredibly busy and this thing just threw it was just crazy. And and it, it just it kind of it was like the the bottom dropped out. I was just kind of falling at that point. I had a a two-year-old son, I was, you know, she, she passed, they couldn't bring her back. It was really quite a weird and tragic. It was hard to take, and I'm sorry, this is quite heavy, but what that did was it kind of reset everything. I said, I just was like, I need to stop. I need to, you know, spend time with my son. I need to step back. And so we'd spend nights watching cartoons. He and I, I mean, he was, You know, he'd watch his and he'd go to bed and then I'd watch like Adventure Time or Rick and Morty, you know, and it was just like I needed to just reset everything. And in doing that, I really started to get that vibe again. The stories behind like even Rick and Morty, if you if you watch the stories or you, you know, you read about Dan Harmon and how he writes that all of that stuff kind of rekindled the desire in me to write and to draw and to build characters and build worlds. And I just, it started there. And that happened, you know, that's been happening actually for a few years, but I didn't have an outlet, right? I thought I'd go back into the merch world. I, you know, I had a a merch by Amazon store and I would post my characters on there and i still try to promote on Facebook, you know, and I was out there. But people, you know, unless you're doing like cute little word t-shirts or something, you know, meme t-shirts... They weren't really, you know, they just didn't have a platform to really talk about this. And then in September of last year, I just happened to find an article about NFTs. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, this I can now have a collectible. I can give somebody a piece of my art that's validated as my artwork. You know, I can do one. I can do a thousand. You know, but every one of those was produced by me and can be proven and I have to say, the kid inside of me, the like the collector who used to buy the number one comic, hoping it would you know be huge someday, was just woke up. Like now, this is my this is my platform, and that's what I you know that's what I've been doing ever since. It, it I've learned a lot because I didn't have community. I posted on OpenSea and was just thought they would show up and buy stuff. And it it wasn't until around Christmas time when I started to get into Beluga space and I started to be part of the Polygon community that everything kind of clicked. And now I can't stop. This is just an environment that I will do until there's nothing to do. (laughs) It's art. It's community. It's a platform for our independence. So, yeah, I know that's a lot right there, but that's kind of the history of how I got
0: here. But, uh, you, you know, people that collect comics, you kind of stick to a particular brand. Were you uh, a Marvel guy or a DC guy or an Image guy?
1: I oh, mean, I started out as a Marvel guy. And then when Image showed up and Wild Storm and Top Cow, I had I really kind of jumped the gate there and went into that world because the color, the artists, I mean, Jim Lee, you know, Todd McFarland, all those guys were superstars. And I was just eating that up and and so yeah i kind of i kind of bounced into the new the new stuff at that time
0: yeah my brother he used to collect a lot of comic books when i was growing up and like uh punisher was his guy and you know when he moved out he left the collection to me and then i ended up buying it and uh, buying comics and adding to it and it turned into like uh, an obsession for a little bit, and I took care of my like backboards, and they were in like the plastic sleeves, and I had them all like stored nicely, and then they just started taking up too much space, and I just sold them all. And I, I do regret it, but on the other hand, I never used to read them. They used to just kind of, they were just collector pieces, you know?
1: Yeah, it I was the same way. I would buy one. And then by another one would go in the sleeve of the cardboard and the other one I would keep to read. But I read it carefully so I could put it back in the sleeve. It was a little obsessive. <laughs> I I actually follow the same path as you because I had them for years and years and years. I had like large boxes and they were all packed and I wasn't really looking at them. I mean, the desire, the art was in my head. The storytelling was there. But the comics were just they become a collectible. You know, there wasn't the enjoyment of opening them up and looking through them and reading them and all this stuff was moving online anyway. So I, you know, you could be in a subscription like comiXology and just you you could go through that stuff without, you know, without having to ruin the paper, you know? So yeah, eventually I actually sold all mine. I kind of regret some of that, but you know, there's so much content now and I hope a lot of this moves to NFTs because then you can enjoy it. It's collectible and it's still pristine after a thousand views, you know, so this is the new world for sure.
0: Are you still I'm, good? I'm back, but I got rubbed there for a minute. Sorry about that. Do you hear me okay? Yep, you're so... All right. Sorry about that. I apologize. Well, it's it's really Twitter's fault. It's not my fault. Um, <laughs> so uh, are, are you the only person working on this project or do you have some other people working on it with you?
1: I am absolutely the only person. Um, I'm the web developer. I'm the artist. I am the chiller. <laughs> I am, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much everything. Um, I, I hope to reach out. Uh, I, it's foreign to me because, you know, being on an Island, which is a lot of artists have been for a lot of years without a community. It's not normal for me to go, man, I don't really know how to do this. Um, I, I've talked to people or I've heard people talk about how they do this, but it's foreign to me to reach out to somebody because until I've been part of this community, I didn't think, why would anybody bother unless I paid them a thousand dollars to even, you know, do anything for me, but that's not the way it is that I, you know, people are so helpful it's it's kind of weird for me, you know. I'm I'm like, what can I do for you? You know, what can I do? But yeah, I'm a one man guy right now, and I'm uh, I find that um, between Discord and Twitter, and get you know, make I really want to write a smart contract. I need a DAP. I need, you know, all of these things need to get done, and um, I'm gonna need help at some point for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a common like misconception that a lot of people have where they think. I'm going to start an NFT project and I just make art and then I talk about my art. But there's a lot of other stuff behind it. You know, there's a lot of inner workings to an NFT project as far as how it goes with, you know, promoting your project, you know, setting up a discord and managing a discord. Managing a discord is is like a job in itself. If you have like an established NFT project, it's that's that's like a full time job right there, because that's kind of like uh one of the lifebloods of these nfts now are are you working on getting your own discord up and running or or have you have you started one yet
1: i have one i actually have um it's been there since around christmas time but it doesn't have bots so i could probably be slammed or shut down quite easily um you know there's not really so i haven't advertised it i've got a couple people that have you know been super cool here on twitter that bounced over and just signed up with um, there is Deadbots does have a, a discord there. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I was looking through your link tree and I didn't see it on your website either. So I was assuming maybe it was a work in progress.
1: It is definitely a work in progress. And that's why I haven't put it out there because I don't want, you know, I want to have verification. I want to have all the proper security in place and I'd love to be able to verify users that holds, you know, my NFTs. And I know that takes a, another bot. And so, you know, I just, I, I don't want people to, to come over while it's kind of in its infant stage. And I think that's the same with a lot of people. You know, we want to have it look professional and work properly. So when that happens, I will um, start blasting that out for sure.
0: So what made you decide to go the robot route? Um, it went, you know, when I, saw, when I saw your animation for the, for the first time and I, I saw the, the artwork that you're doing, it, it's, it's not like it, but like the first thing that popped into my head was Futurama. I don't know if you're a Futurama fan, but your robots kind of reminded me of Futurama. Uh,
1: <laughs> Futurama Bender was probably the biggest inspiration for the Series 1 bots. Um, I picked that because, well, first of all, he's an awesome character, but it, it was more because he's a, easy to animate, and my really my goal for these is to have animation. I mean, I would like... To have graphic novels first, or at least some stories with art, but animation has always been a desire—a huge desire. Um, so these are designed specifically so that you know they can walk around easily. They—they they don't really have elbows or shoulders, so you can bend their arms and you know, move their head around and their mouth. You know, it's just like simple animation. Because again, I always try to plan on these things as if I'm going to do them myself. And so I didn't want to make these guys super complex, you know, anime style, and then have to figure out, how am I going to animate this? You know, he's got a lot of parts. But, it, you know, again, I hope that maybe I have a team by the time. I don't think that I'll be able to accomplish this without a strong team, you know. So
0: that's a future goal. So have you considered maybe, you know, offering some sort of incentive to people to, to try to help you maybe grow your discord or moderate it, maybe give them, um, you know, some airdrops or, or something like that. I mean, you are on Polygon, so that does make it a little bit easier to do that. Or is that more of a concern? Cause you're, you know, your collection isn't, isn't, it's not like a 10 K collection, you know, so it's kind of like on the smaller end. So I don't know if you have any sort of, um, strategy, how to maybe grow a team. Do you, um, not really, because again,
1: I, you know, I'm so used to just sort of charging in and doing this myself. I have a lot of um, stuff that could be minted. I have a lot of, you know, stuff in the folder that I just was like, well, it looks it's very similar to maybe one of these bots or it looks similar to that bot. I have a fair amount of stuff that I could mint, even from series one that I just, you know, you pick the best that you feel is the best of the best. At least I did. And I put it up there every piece I wanted to be different than the other one and make it interesting. And, you know, each one has its own story, but as far as like offering an incentive in a giveaway or just, you know, being able to give somebody a part of the collection, there's a fair amount of of dead bots that didn't make, make it, but they're just, they look the same as the other ones, you know, they they could be put up. I could use those, but again, you know, it's, it's interesting because for me, when I look, you know, I look at that stuff and I go, that's a part of me, right? I mean, I love to design these things. I do them in my style. They all have thick lines and, you know, color and all that. But, and I don't know if other people feel this way, but you feel like the value to me is high because I love, love my art is the value, you know, without like, say a a token behind it is the value there for other people. Would they do, would they help me out if I could mint a few of these few more that nobody's ever seen, maybe they're rare and offered them to them. I mean, maybe that's something I don't know, you know, so this is so brand new to me and so foreign because of the world that I've come from in terms of like you do a service for me and you pay me or whatever it is, you know, it, that I don't even think in those terms. A lot of times it's, it's a mind shift for me.
0: Yeah. The good thing is you have the polygon community behind you and we're, all trying to help each other so i mean at least you have a strong foundation of people that are willing and able and you know even if it's small things like doing retweets or being there for you know a, a mint party or something like that i mean that's that's big stuff you know i've i've can't come through spaces like I, i'm in spaces constantly and i've seen people doing like a mint party and there's five people in there and i'm like that's pretty shitty you know like um and like he, I, I think you made a good choice. You know, you, you joined into the right community of people that are always there and fully supportive. So I think that's a, a good choice on your part. You know, as far as that goes. So let's let's start let's start talking about the collection a little bit. Now, series one, you, you have it, you have it broken down into four parts, right? So you you've you released series one. Um, how, how many are in the total collection for series one? There's uh,
1: 50 in series one, um, but it was really a it's a split series because I had done full image bots, and then I did the PFP versions of those. And what I, and again, I wasn't really sure what people would want. And so technically there's 25 in the first series. Um, And so 25 of the PFPs have sold and I have sold a couple of the full images as well. Um, So I would say there's 25, there's going to be 50 different ones in series two and series two is is definitely a whole different look and feel you you can tell from the pin tweet it doesn't have that bender look anymore there's still some of the same flavors but um series two is the next off the line series two is going to be um you know it's actually the bad guys so it's going to be interesting it leaves me a lot of room to do some creative stuff that i didn't have before because series one is really the the protagonist of the story so this this has been a lot of fun for me, um, but yeah, series two will be 50 individual robots.
0: Yeah, series two. The uh, I was gonna say they look evil. They look like they're uh, and now that you confirmed they're on the villain side, that's that's pretty badass. Um, do you do you eventually intend to incorporate? I know you have a storyline um, set up on your website, but are are you eventually? maybe thinking of breaking it out into some sort of animated series or possibly going into like a, a comic or I know you said you have a, a huge influence from the comic book industry. Would, would you be considering maybe doing a comic book? Um, what, what's, what's the process that you're going to go after you have everything minted out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The story's technically all written. I mean, I know the, where they have to go and what they have to do. I know, you know, who they meet, it's, it's it's mapped out completely because, like I said, I mean, this, this was stuff I had done prior to NFTs. Um, some of the robot designs are newer, like the stuff I'm doing now is just from inspiration right now, but it's really in, from the story. So it's entirely mapped out, um, and it would be uh, several episodes for sure, and if, probably if it was a comic book, it would be a series of comic books. Again, you know, when I approached what I would do, I said, well, I I probably have the bandwidth to do a a book with some illustrations. You know, a comic, I mean, that's a lot of panels and it's a lot of pages. And without help, it would probably be the book and some illustrations. So, um, you know, I have goals all written down. Um, I know I don't have the roadmap out on my site. You probably looked around for that. And I think that's because it's slightly been in flux as I've learned you know, what other people are doing and what's possible in the NFT world and what's possible with this community. So I have a goal sheet, um, which I want to transfer to a roadmap. But When I put a roadmap up, I really want to make sure I can meet everything, you know, especially for the people that hold my collection. I want to promise them something and deliver. So putting this book together is the easiest first step. And the book is written. Um, so I'm super psyched. And, you know, as I release, it'd be fun to actually release parts of the story as the series come out um, because it grows with that. Um, you know, there's ultimately this world kind of gets larger and larger and different bots. I mean, I have zombies. I have these these guys that are like jacked up on uh, nuclear power. It's there's just this crazy world and the story. You know, the, the good guys have to weave their way around all of this to. To get to the source of power to restore their planet. So um lots, lots ahead.
0: So we're talking at Deadbot Nation. Um has a really awesome collection, very detailed collection of robots. Uh if you haven't already, please follow him on Twitter and uh his website is deadbotnation.com. So make sure to check it out. The storyline's broken down on there, and you can get a little preview of what all of his robots look like on there. Um so have have you done anything as far as like making a comic book in the past, even like toying around with something like that? Or would this be like a, a whole new territory that you'd be embarking in?
1: I have um, I've done cheats. You know, I have starter comic books. Obviously, when I was a kid, I had all kinds of time and nothing to do. And, you know, I'd pencil out, ink out comic books all over the place. And I still have a lot of that. But the writing was, you know, kind of basic then. I have since, you know, because I love to use Illustrator, Adobe Illustrator. And I love Vector Art because, um, you know, the edges are clean. Everything is just so pristine um, that I started to do um, other, you know, I started to do some comics. But it's really, um, you know, it's really, again, you kind of get into it. And as, you know, normally a comic book has a writer, has a pencil or has an inker, has a colorist, you know, and then there's a whole other team of people that help produce it. And, you know, they're all working in tandem. So, again, it comes down to me and, you know, and I tend to like nitpick on details. And that's something I'm trying to work on, let it go of a little bit. But, I, you know, so if it takes me, you know, two weeks to get two pages out and I love them. That's cool, but it's not productivity that I, I need. So I, I, again, it comes down to needing some help or, you know, just scaling that back and doing some, you know, real cool uh, illustrations and then having a couple pages of text and some real cool animation, I keep saying animations, illustrations and building a book initially, because that's something I could get done. And that's something, you know, I could publish and then go on from there um so that's really the first goal i
0: have with this yeah i always whenever i talk to nft projects that are doing comics i maybe it's because i was heavily influenced with comics as a kid but i always ask the person like what's the direction that you go do you start with the storyline or do you start with the animation or the illustration like which, which would start first? And I always get the same answer, like a little bit of both. Can't really kind of like just go at one set route. It kind of develops like organically. That's what pretty much every one of them have told me so far. So I don't ask that question anymore because it's probably going to be the same answer from you. So um, we're going to move on to the next next question here. Um, I saw that you, you've done some collaborations with uh, some other artists, um, mainly uh, Sleepy Pirate. So... Uh, can you tell me about the sleepy cyborgs that you guys have made?
1: Well, it's it's actually funny because I, you know, I was trying to figure out how I was going to incorporate the two and I just came up with the the first one and it was really designed basically to mimic his character. And he was kind enough to let me do that, you know, and it's in my style and he was, he, you know, sleepy, super cool. And he's like, Hey, that's really great. Why don't you do some more? And I'm like, well, I didn't know that was a thing you could do. You know, you. I didn't know you could take, you know, collaborations are great, right? I mean, you're, you promise to do one in your style of whatever their project character is. They, to have the, r- the right to, to do a bunch. I'm like, uh, awesome. So I, you know, I did, uh, I think there was five in total, six maybe, um, you know, and I had a little fun. There was a sort of a Batman one. Cause you know, that's pervasive in my life. <laughs> um, you know, and I just did a couple different things, um, and, I, you know, I might revisit that. I, I have to talk to him and make sure. I mean, I love maybe the sleepy cyborgs will just be, you know, on occasion. I can do a couple that aren't pirates and just do some more. It's they're super easy. The platform is fun. And, you know, it's something I could almost do an autogen, you know, for. So I just put that out there as a side collection. Um, I'd love to revisit that uh, when I have a little bit more time. Uh, but it was really for that project. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hope to do more of that. Like, you know, it, it's a shame when you collaborate with somebody and you build kind of a cool little combination character to do just one. It'd be, you know, I I'd love to see you do like more of the same for other people that are doing collabs, but you know, we're all busy and that can't really always happen, but yeah, it was fun. A lot of fun.
0: I really like him. They make me laugh and Sleepy's such a good guy and he's such like a kind hearted guy and breaks out his guitar and, he just he makes me smile every time I, I talk to the guy he's he's, he's really just such a fun loving guy I, I love sleepy so much um so do you have any plans in the future to maybe make a game or do something with these in the metaverse so
1: really that was the long long term goal because the dead bots- you know, they have a they have to go on a mission and have to make decisions. And essentially what it is, is the world's in chaos. It's a wasteland. And there's these roaming, as you can see in series two, there's roaming bands of bad bots. There's, you know, there's a lot of bots that are in hiding. And this particular little group is in hiding. And they they, you know, they have self-preservation. They don't want to just head out and be squashed by something or have their batteries run out. But they have to. Because they, they discovered this tome, and, and this tome tells them of a great power, but they have to follow all these clues and paths to get to it. So <clears throat> there is a whole adventure, and really, you know, it, it's set up to be a game. Um, but again, I, I just didn't know how I would achieve that without, you know, finding a game developer, selling the IP, or trying to work out a marketing deal or something like that. But ultimately, the story was designed to be a game. And so I, I hope it, I can make that happen someday in the metaverse.
0: I don't know if you've, if you've had Sega Saturn. I, I know it's kind of like off, but Sega Saturn used to have a game called Virtual On. And it was all about robots fighting each other um, in like like an open arena. I don't know if you're familiar with that game, but when I look at your series, too, the like tank tractor feet that you have on this specific robot reminds me of a mix between those robots and Johnny Five from Short Circuit.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> that's that's so cool. I'd love to hear that stuff. Yeah, um, I didn't play the game. I don't know where the inspiration um I I guess it's just a mix of things. I wasn't really looking at anything when I started Series 2. You know, it was the basic shape of Series 1. But, you know, I just I was kind of tired of the Bender look. I mean, I love Bender. But it it didn't really give me enough to be able to hang off, you know, some guns and things like that. You know, that's not anything I did in Series 1. But Series 2 and Series 3 is actually going to be Uh, again, even more bulky, you know, it's going to kind of get into the more mech style. And I have to say, a lot of this has been driven by a a collab I'm doing with Beluga right now. Um, you know, I've been diving back into sort of mech style Gundam, you know, all the older anime stuff that I used to watch. Um, and that's, that has driven a lot, (laughs) really a lot of the gear that's in series two and series three will have like heavier bots and, you know, more crazy stuff because, with each series, uh, the data becomes more corrupt. So they become a little bit more crazy. They be, you know, um, and that's why series two is called the bad seed because that's where the data starts to become corrupt in the manufacturing. And series three is worse. Series four is like the apocalypse. And I mean, our poor series one guys have to navigate through all of this as it's happening. So it's going to be, you know, a lot of fun. I hope.
0: How did you decide when you first released them what the floor price was going to be? Uh,
1: yeah, that was, <laughs> I guess I just, I felt like, you know, I, I don't know. It was, that was the hardest decision. In fact, I, I had them, I didn't even post them for sale for a long time. And I was looking around at what people were doing. And I saw a lot of PFP art. And, you know, a lot of it was bigger collections and they had generated them. So they they had a, a fair amount more and they were pricing them, you know, let's say Polygon Terms for wrapped ETH. you know, they'd be anywhere from three dollars to, you know, on the high side, maybe fifteen dollars. And, you know, nothing was really more than 20 bucks in, for a PFP. And I'm thinking, man, OK, so I priced mine somewhere in the middle of that. And that's kind of how I, you know, I, I had very few they were all like super hand created, but I just felt like I needed to be in a price point that people were comfortable with. So I just found the middle ground, I guess.
0: Do you remember the date that you first released them? Oh,
1: the exact date I, I came off of, well, it's funny because I was on Ethereum for a little while. I had, I, I waited a long time for gas prices. And then I think it was like 2 AM. I, I tried it and it was like $70 and I'm like, woohoo. So I just, I posted, you know, my first one up the first spot for sale. And I, and I started to post a couple other, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to see how these do. And this was, uh, I think it was in October of last year, uh, maybe late October. Um, and I, and I just, you know, I kind of waited, waited, waited. And again, like I mentioned earlier, nothing really happened. um, until i started to discover the polygon but uh community but uh, that was that was i think about october time frame um and i think somewhere in november i pulled them down and put them on polygon
0: so explain the feeling to the people in the room who who um don't have an nft project or just starting an nft project when you make that first sale is it is it just like like a kid on Christmas, like how does it, how does it feel when you make that very first sale and you see it? Oh my God. (laughs) Kid on
1: Christmas, like twice fold. I was just blown away. I'm like, you know, like I put some stuff up that I created and people went and bought it. Like, you know, it's, and it's different because in the, in years past, Neil, I've worked with a client They told me what they wanted. I did exactly what they wanted. And they they bought it because we were under contract, you know, design work. This is different. Like, I created something I loved, like something I was really super psyched about, put it up, and people were buying it. The first one that bought, and I think, uh, I don't know if Soma's in the room, I think she was the first one that bought the one I called the Game Master, which was kind of a Squid Games look. And I was like, I mean, I was in trip space and I think that's when she bought it. And I'm like, man, I don't know that I could thank her enough. I, and I have goosebumps now. Seriously, I have goosebumps just thinking about that moment because something you love and people are, you know, they're they like it, too. You know, and they they I, I guess is it's the person you are, they they kind of buying into you. It's magical. I mean, I'm I, you know, and still even now when people buy stuff, I get goosebumps. I'm like. I'm like a kid who drew a picture and gave it to their parents, and they put it on the fridge. You know, it's like I'm just super excited. So anyway, that's definitely something I'm like.
0: Still... Yeah, it's such it's such a crazy feeling when you do something that you put your you know blood, sweat, and tears into, and then you get like that that show of appreciation. Like, I can tell you, um, the the when I used to play music, I I remember clearly the first show that like. Like, our band sucked when we first started. We we sucked pretty much the whole way through. But I remember the first show that we were at that we played and the first mosh pit that ever broke out. And I'm telling you, man, that was like, I was like, holy shit. I felt like I was, uh, I felt like I was, like, Metallica that day. You know, like, it felt so awesome to, like, just see reaction from people and, like, appreciate what you're doing. And it, it, the the feeling is really, like, indescribable it's you can't really put it into words how are you dave uh, i'm awesome i just want to i want to flip that round from
2: a fan's perspective as well though like i used to go around and watch little punk gigs and turn up on a wednesday night to my local pub and watch 10 or 15 bands come out and the bands that interacted like you just did with the fans was awesome like pulled you up on stage and did little mosh pits but it's the same from a collector's perspective Deadbots. bots uh, I buzz when, like, when I got into Goons and Absalom created a personal relationship with me. Like, there's a reason I'm still there. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was more than just the art, and I think that's that's a huge thing, especially when it's an early piece. It gives you an opportunity to massively connect, and and that relationship is special. It means something.
1: Yeah, that was that was huge. I don't even know, like, why I I got into a space one night. I think it was just because I was curious what what was going on, like people were talking and I was already on Polygon. So I think the space, I think it was trip space. Um, you know, he was talking about being on Polygon and I was listening to the people talk about, you know, the stuff they put up and the stuff they bought. And, you know, I, it was a few spaces before I hit that request button. And And I tell you, I was shaking in my boots, but it was, that was huge. Like more than even just, you know, getting, people to meet me you know it was getting comfortable in in learning like I mean learning there were a lot of terms I didn't understand There were just there's just so much to grasp Um, but as I've spoken in spaces and felt more comfortable you know I, I feel like I can I've stepped out of even the polygon spaces and just jumped into some bigger ones as we all do you know and stuff that's even less you know maybe there's nobody in there doing polygon but You know, I just, it's, it's really built confidence and it's really shown that, you know, if you find value in something you're doing, there's, there's going to be a a community of people that that find value in it too. I mean, especially if you're genuine, I think, and you know, you absolutely love what you're doing and you put it out there and you talk to people, it's magical. I mean, and so spaces are, I can't say enough about them. They have just been a change for me, a life change for me in terms of. NFTs.
0: You have something, Mr. G? Mr.
3: No, G? not right now. No, not right now. I was trying to
0: catch up to what was being said right now. Oh, okay. All right. Um, where, where the hell was I here? I have to remember where I was. Um, so... Once you release your second series, um, you're gonna have two series after that, right? You said you're gonna. Because when I was looking on your OpenSea page, it was saying that it's gonna be broken down into pre-apocalypse, post-apocalypse, junkyard bots, and then like whatever the future holds. Um, how's how's that gonna be? Is that because post-apocalypse is that your series too? That's
1: series two. So pre-apocalypse is the good years. It's like when all the bots are still, you know, they, they have their data intact and you know, they're, the world is not dead yet and they're still in manufacturing. So that's come and gone. And really series one represents that series two uh, represents the post-apocalypse. This is the world that's that's destroyed and it's when things are starting to go south. So series three won't necessarily be, um it's just going to be another iteration of a different kind of bot, and since I'm doing about fifty per collection, um, I probably won't leave the post apocalypse until after series three. So you know as series four, then things are gonna start to get rough because the robots are gonna be broken down they're're they're, you know so that's gonna almost be the zombie stage, and you know things are just gonna gradually get worse. but I want to stay on post apocalypse to create a couple different interesting sets if I was doing ten thousand you know or even 5000 or 3000 I probably jump between with each series but I want I want to be able to have a little creative room and you know offer some more artwork uh, within a particular time in the story and so it, it it'll probably be as it goes like that it won't be the series won't follow the different events in the world but um eventually that event will happen and then things you'll see the bots just get much more worse at that point it's going to be cool
0: hopefully have you talked to any of the other um, robot collections that are out there? I see Bots of Cog is down there. Um, I know Blockhead comes around every once in a while. Have you spoken to any of these guys about maybe doing something together, maybe a little hybrid project?
1: Yeah, Bots of you know, Cog and I, we talk all the time. Um, you know, you kind of trade different stories and stuff. And, yeah, I definitely, I, I would definitely down with anybody who had, you know, wanted to work with some sort of, side story, even incorporate, you know, if I, you know, if I could bring in, do a collab and bring, you know, another person's bot into my story, you know, work it out in the plot. The plot has a lot of room for, like I said, I mean, it's, it's a game essentially, so it can go left or right or, you know, go straight. So I would be really stoked to be able to include, you know, another, another person's, you know, creation into my world. And likewise, do the same and maybe even do a spinoff story. Yeah, I'm so down for that. I love the collaborations. They are energizing creatively.
0: Do you have any utility in mind down the road for people that are holders? I mean, I, I know you were um, talking about maybe doing some sort of comic strip or something like that. Is that something that you might airdrop a holder Is there any um, utility right now that I might not know about that you have involved in your project or is it just kick-ass art, which to me is just as good. I don't really necessarily think utility is required for NFT projects, but it's a question that I have to ask you.
1: (laughs) So, you know, it's interesting. I, I've kind of gone around a little bit. Um, You know, I really, my, originally I wanted the story, the, you know, the actual story with the illustrations to be the utility. I wanted to be able to give the holders a book or or several books with their, their characters in it. I mean, they, they belong to them, right. And their, their characters are part of the story. And I thought maybe that would be a, a really cool utility because, you know, Really what I wanted to do was involve them in the story creation, like almost a voting process about what happens next. And, you know, that might still be on the roadmap. Um, Like I said, the story is basically written, but it can go anywhere. It really can. And so I'm not sure at this point. I, I am sure about the book being a utility, but I'm not sure if logistically, you know, people want to get involved with like maybe in Discord saying, yeah, make them go do this or make them do, go do that. Or, you know, I, maybe they just want the story with the illustrations with their characters in it and their character's voice and character being played throughout the book. Again, I, I've, you know, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to play out. My goal right now is just to get as much art out as possible and make it, you know, as, as high quality as I can. Um, so, yeah, it's a little bit in flux. And hopefully that answers the question.
0: Are you gonna do any sort of maybe um, fan art contest, like create your own robot and then maybe you'll incorporate it into your collection? Man,
1: what I would be you I would love to talk to you. You've got so many good ideas. Fan art is awesome. I would be blown away if anybody wanted to, you know, do some fan art and I would include that in my collection. Even if they took like the basic robot shape and made something different i mean they could turn it into a car they could turn it into a dinosaur you know i don't even i would totally totally be all over that
0: i always think that's cool when you kind of have the the fans or the crowd get into the into the the gig or into the artwork that you're doing i think it kind of makes like that bonding experience. And I think that's really how you kind of get those like die hard supporters that are, you know, willing to stick around and, you know, be a part of your later series. And I, I don't know. I, I always kind of dug stuff like that. I, I always liked it. Um have have you to- I know you said you started on ETH and then you switched over to Polygon. Have you have you maybe thought about possibly later series maybe releasing on a different blockchain? Or maybe trying a different marketplace other than OpenSea?
1: I think the only thing that I've thought about um, I think as far as like generating the book and generating the collection, I haven't really wanted to leave polygon because um, it's it, you know, maybe because it's what I know but it's kind of driving forward and it's growing so fast The only time I've thought about maybe using a different, you know, network or different marketplaces, if I did a true one-of-one, maybe I did like a poster with all the bots, and you know, more, you know, some elaborate stuff and maybe the city behind it or something, you know, a true like piece of art you'd want to put up, hopefully. Um, I might try a different marketplace, you know, something that's a little bit more geared towards, you know, these more complex one-of-ones. But I don't think for a book in a series and on in the ongoing characters that I'm putting out that I would want to go somewhere else. But, you know, I, I'm always open. I mean, I hear a lot of different people talk about, you know, especially with what just happened with OpenSea talking about being on different marketplaces or being out and, you know, just put stuff out in different places to cover yourself. I,
0: I'm not there yet, but that might be something for the future. So being that you don't have a smart contract and, uh, how, How did you react when you um, heard that news a couple weeks back where OpenSea was going to limit collections of people that do lazy minting and kind of chopping it down for people? I I know at this point it wouldn't have affected you much because you were able to do it kind of actually fit perfectly for you because you could do five collections of 50 apiece. But was that something that concerned you and maybe you, uh, you were considering going elsewhere?
1: I had to. Well, actually, I mean, I had to consider going elsewhere because, you know, I, I, you know, there's 250 I could do. I could do five collections. Um, I already had one. And, you know, I I was like, how do I do this sleepy cyborgs now? You know, what am I supposed to do? Maybe I, I can't put that, you know, it was just it's like if I wanted to do any side projects of a mini collection or, you know, 20 of something. I'm hoes like I can't do that now. I can't be, you know, on a whim collaborate with somebody like you just mentioned. Like if I wanted to do a pair up with another robot creator and we do a side-by-side story of some kind in a collection, can't do that. All of these things hit me. I'm like, what just happened? Like this is the brand new world and now I'm I'm being cut off at the knees. I, you know, and I've watched hash lips, you know, different videos about, um, smart contracts. I started to get into that, but because I wasn't being pushed, there was no reason, you know, I can, you, you know, I do small collections. I can lazy mint. It might take me, you know, a day or so to get them all up and get them right, but I can lazy mint. But this was a, this was an eye opener. So, you know, I'm still looking at a smart contracts and I'm still, I still want to create a DAP and I, I want to be independent in that way. And I think because what it does, the DAP especially brings people into your world. I mean, they're, they're on your site. They're buying from you there. You know, they can still see it on OpenSea. So that's cool. It's like great, but they're buying it from your spot and you can, you know, you can have other calls to action there. It's just, it should be your home. Like it, web two, your website was your home, right? Web three, you know, there's the metaverse now, but I mean, that, I think that website still holds a lot of value. And so I'd ultimately like to get people to
0: use that. That's the goal. Yeah, I mean, the DAP function, I think that's something that every project should really consider doing. Because you're. I think even for like the way our human brains work, even that split second when you go from website to OpenSea, you have kind of like a slight disconnect. And I think if you just have it straight through the website, you know, people kind of feel like, like they're a part of the party almost. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe I'm stupid, but that's how I think of it. You know, I think, I think like, all right, I'm involved. Like I'm, I'm a part of this, this team now I'm a dead bot nation team, as opposed to um, just buying this off a marketplace, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it's the same old adage. Like don't as a user, don't make me think about it. Put it right there. I can do this with a click. My wallet pops up. I sign it. Boom. Done. Right. I mean, and because you, you bounce from your site over to OpenSea, and you might end up on their homepage for some reason, maybe, you know, or 404 or something like that. And that unless they're diehards, they're not going to do a search and find your stuff and then look for that one they're interested in. So you're absolutely right. The margin for error bouncing to their site is all over that. But if you have them right there, I, you know, you've, you, it just keeps the interest. So That's, that's a shorter goal for me. I really need to, and I've done programming. So I, you know, and I've watched the videos, but I think the biggest issue I have is um, security. And I think you had Matic Mike in here and that was an eye opener as far as security is concerned. So I need to actually hook up with somebody who knows more than I do when I do this.
0: I'm not sure where I saw it. I'm almost certain I saw it somewhere. Maybe it was your Twitter. I was on like every one of your pages going through all this stuff so i could um do this ama with you did i see that you're, you you were selling a santa claus robot are you doing holiday themed bots yeah <laughs> so
1: i i did one um and it sold i was i was i was kind of it actually sold the week after christmas and i would love to i love that like christmas is a i'm a kid so christmas is a big deal in my brain, but I, you know, I did have Santa bot and he was a little irreverent. He smoked a cigar and he had like, you know, he's kind of like the, the mall Santa kind of robot. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I would love to, you know, cause I think people like that. It's fun just to drop stuff. And that's, that's another reason why this whole thing with OpenSea was kind of an eye opener. Cause you know, if you just want to do a fun thing for Valentine's day, um, you know and you want to just have a small collection, how do you do that? you know if they start cutting us off but yeah, I absolutely did and i I will do more next year for sure
0: so we're talking to Deadbot nation uh if you guys haven't followed him yet, please follow him on Twitter um, you can check out his website debotnation uh really cool stuff I've um, got a couple more for you before we wrap things up and uh i'm I'm curious how you said you've done programming and stuff in the past. Was was there kind of a steep learning curve like for like the average person that wants to get into NFT art and wants to set up a page and put their art up and create a wallet, not even necessarily doing a DAP and then doing lazy minting? Is there just like too much stuff that somebody has to do to to get into this and is that kind of like a barrier that we have where we need to educate people a little bit better in order to kind of really get this thing mass adopted
1: yeah i would say so i would say that um you know i had experience certainly you know building the website wasn't a big deal um you know getting connected to a wallet it's just there's there's a lot of moving parts and, you know, if we can figure out how to kind of either, you know, have a simple step-by-step way for people to do it, because I don't know that there's a way for an artist to, who's starting from zero and maybe doesn't have any programming knowledge, but is an amazing artist, can get all this together. You know, I, I just kind of brought in a lot of stuff from years past of doing things and kind of was able to build some stuff. And, the, you know, signing up for a while, it wasn't that difficult but understanding how to buy and get crypto in and you know maybe people are already doing that but i think we definitely need to get the uh the instructions kind of in a simple form i i bounced into now let me back up it's funny because i had wheat in my wallet for a long, you know, people were buying my stuff and I would go buy other artists work. You know, I've, I've spent all the money I've made on art that I love. And my friends, I don't have a penny in there um, of week, but I I was in a room and I, and I was asked the question point blank, how do I buy on Polygon? And I had never done this. And I and I, I hit Dave up like in a frantic like they, I was on stage and I was a speaker and I'm DMing him like, I need help. I need help. I don't know how to tell you know tell people how to bring stuff from ethereum network over to the polygon network you know and it wasn't matic it was they were all asking about Weath. and i hit up uh bluega even and he sent me maddie's uh video which i so all this stuff you know i copied everything from Dave what dave sent me and i sent the link from maddie's video and you know it was like but i mean it, it all of this stuff and it's starting to come together i'm i'm seeing more you know it's It's like videos like Maddie does. And it's like just information that people have. It's getting there, but it's still, still the barrier into this is the understanding. You know, we got rid of the gas fee barrier, but we still have a little bit of the knowledge barrier for, you know, the regular people. And then for artists, you know, they they have to also now incorporate marketing and shilling and building a website. And, you know, it's, I, everybody that's why the community is so important to help these people you know come in i still have a lot to learn you guys i learn stuff from you all the time so absolutely yeah Dave, go
2: ahead i just want to say polygon alliance that's what we're doing like none of us are getting paid in the background for what we're doing to build this none of us Um, This is all about a bigger picture for everyone. And look, if there's some money off the back of it for goons because people support us, then fantastic. That's awesome. But we want this knowledge platform that everyone can build. Everyone can go to Polygon Alliance right now and pull those tools out and use them, the onboarding tools. There's a video from Matty. There's a walkthrough guide from Ron Paul with him talking um with screen recordings. There's all sorts of things there, guys. Um make sure you're utilizing it and those relationships can be built as well. Um I just wanted to like just shield Polygon Alliance if you like quickly because it was so pertinent to the topic you were talking about.
0: I'm sorry
2: I was just gonna
1: say I agree I agree with you David and I, that's that's my go to now. Like and I apologize. I should have mentioned that here. But I mean you guys have taken you have so much stuff there so I do when everybody asks me that question it's like this is where you need to go
0: Shane do you have a question for Debbot? No I was just
3: going to kind of comment on the Polygon network because uh, for instance if uh, I I think a little bit of education needs to be uh, put forth in the fact that for instance Coinbase itself does not accept, uh, um, Matic or, uh, Matic on the Polygon network, but it does as an ERC20 token. But, uh, if you go to like a crypto.com, then they accept the Polygon or the, the, the Matic, you know, a, a specific token. So that can be a barrier and a little bit of confusion to the newcomer.
0: Absolutely, you know, and and people uh, really need to learn this stuff because people could think that they're doing the right thing, and the next thing you know, they're like, "What's Matic? What's Wrapped ETH?" And then they're all confused and don't know where to hell to go. And um, the education tools are really lacking. We we really need to kind of do something as a a larger scale community, not just the Polygon community. The the NFT cryptocurrency community needs to really get more education out there whether you're on ETH, Solana, Polygon, Avalanche, it don't matter what you're on. We need to really, like, everybody got to get everybody's back. I know we're some of us are partial to certain blockchains, but at the end of the day, everybody's in this together. If we really want this to win and we really want this to be mass adopted, it don't matter. I don't give a shit what, what chain you're on. If you want to come here and you want to talk and try to figure out some sort of solution to fix this thing, then we all got to work together and, and get it done because that's how we're going to succeed. You know? Um,
3: no, and I absolutely, I absolutely agree. And I will help in any way, shape or form necessary. I'm fairly uh, educated. We, we moved, uh, well, this, but we, we, uh migrate one of my, projects i'm not here to shill, so i won't say it but uh one of my projects moved from ethereum to uh to polygon because of the gas fees and because of our complicated contract and the more complicated the contract then the more the more expensive it is no matter where you go but even on polygon we went from we went from spending you know four hundred dollars per transaction on ethereum to less than a cent
0: yeah it's a beautiful thing i mean and and that's one big advantage that we do have on polygon right if you want to promote your project, you could actually airdrop your whole damn collection if you really want. And it's not going to cost you hardly anything. You can make a 10K collection and airdrop three quarters of it just to get your name out there and just, or just to give back, you know? Um, so, that's, that thought, fun- that's funny that you say that because I created
4: a 10,000 piece item <clears throat> just to get my art out there and show what it is that we're capable of doing and I have airdropped, I would say probably two thousand
0: of them, and I've paid next to nothing. That's a beautiful, thing. So, so Debak, can you can you uh, give us a little bit of an idea if if you can? You don't you don't have to. Uh, when series two is going to be released?
1: Absolutely, and this is one of my major goals here. Um, I have decided that it's going to be a rolling release. So this week, there's going to be six of them released. And I'm bound and determined to get six out every week. Um, That's my goal. Uh, It's, you know, I I have the basic platform already built, I have a lot of them already in the works. So I'm going to um, actually picked Tuesday as my day to drop. And I noticed a lot of people's, you know, that do what I do. They drop what they can on Tuesday, as long as we're dropping something consistently so i appreciate there's so many people that have been like dude when are you going to drop like you've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now um tomorrow i'm going to drop and there will be at least six there in and, and the next week there's going to be at least six if i can do it but i'm going to put stuff out every week and that's that's my guarantee <laughs> tomorrow tomorrow yes probably even tonight late but we'll see but it's definitely going to go out tomorrow so there's going to be stuff and I will, I'll, I'll have a new pin tweet with a link because it's a new collection. So I'll have a new pin tweet there with, you know, a bunch of pictures. So um, I really appreciate uh, if anybody
0: you want to check that out. That'd be cool. That's awesome. Hey, Coin Laundry, do you have something for Deadbot? Uh Not just yet, unless it's time for that. It could be time for that. Do you want it to be time for that?
4: Uh yeah, I guess so. Um I just was wondering if Deadbot if you were planning on anything with any I don't want to say there's a lot of robot projects, but there's a decent amount of them even within the polygon space. Do you guys have any plans on like making
1: some some crossover absolutely in fact what i've done is as i find them i have a list that i'm making i come like I'm, I'm kind of building up um because i i really want you know we joke we joke that we're taking over the apes you know we want to <laughs> so you know <clears throat> so we we want to do the robot revolution but um yeah absolutely i i'm i have plans you know we as we find more bots you know people that are building those I mean and the cool thing is they're all like different styles. A lot of them have different stories in the back. But yeah, I mean we want to do this do this some giant collabs and some giveaways. And we did a quad giveaway recently with the you know, bots of cog, spacewoman, and polybots. And I think you know, there's you're gonna see a lot more of that. You'll probably be sick of bots at some point, just like we're all sick of apes, and that's my goal.
2: <laughs> yeah, Dave. Well, you know, we've got Astros as our next drop eight on one. Um the 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 one after that is uh cyborgs. Um so look, there's like I'm interested with any robots. I might have dropped you a DM dead box earlier on. Um but yeah, something's gonna happen. It's um in probably about three months, um with a lot of robot projects, hopefully. That's my plan anyway.
0: I mean it might be a little bit of a reach, but uh a washing machine is almost a robot.
2: But it is, it is. Yeah, Coin
0: laundry,
1: I... You and I, we, we kind of hinted at it a while ago, and I know you've done a project already, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying.
4: Yeah, we chatted, and then I think both of us got so busy, um, but after this week, I'm open to any and all collabs. Uh, I'll have a little cool-down period, so whatever you have in mind, yes. Does, does that mean you're about ready to send me a piece to put our edition on it? <laughs> yeah, DM me or uh, email.
0: All right, <laughs> we have we have uh, a collaborator with you that just joined the party, Mr. Sleepy Pirate. Do you have anything for uh, Debate Nation before we wrap up?
2: It's a so sleepy a pirate, ahoy, ahoy, ahoy.
1: <laughs> did he mention our collab? Because he did an amazing job there. He's an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I am open to collabs too. As you guys can see, I'm in like six collabs at the same time right now. I don't know. I'm sorry I'm late, because my space just took like three hours, because Dave and Beluga just supported us, so many people just joined. Thank you.
0: It's all good, man. So um, we're, we're gonna get ready to wrap up in a, a couple minutes. Uh, where where do you see Debbot Nation um, a year from now?
1: A year from now, I I see um, definite, more of more the story being, I think that really what I want to get out, you know, because I can't really talk about the story in spaces uh, because a lot of times it's quick chills. I really, that's the meat of this. And I, that's what I'm going to focus on. So there's going to be art, consistent art coming out that's going to support the story. And I will probably start to release sections of the book um, definitely be airdropping to different, you know, the people that are holding, but I think I'd really love for that just to be out there. It might even just be, you know, I give a bunch of those away because I can, I, once I create it, obviously I can do a thousand of them and then just give them away to people, you know? So it's, you know, I just, that's really my goal is to get the story out because basically I'm a story writer who likes to draw. It's really a combination of both. So my big goal is for everybody to know the story of the DeadBot Nation.
0: Coin Laundry, before we wrap up, we have something
4: else. Yeah, I had one more question because it just popped up on my feed. Uh, did I hear rumors, DeadBot, that you're doing an all-robots space?
1: <laughs> actually, yeah. It's um, I see that my, my compatriots have left. It's uh, actually started right now. So there's a space going right now that I'm going to jump into as soon as we're done this, but it's our first... First time in spaces, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a tr- you know fun fun time.
0: That's awesome. So he's uh, starting another space up. If you guys uh, want, head on over there. I want to thank Deadbot Nation for coming out and talking to the community. If you haven't followed him, please follow him now. Uh, his Discord will be released to the public shortly. I hope so. We all could start building up his Discord channel. Website is DebBotNation.com. Series two is dropping late tonight or tomorrow, and I'm really looking forward to it. I want to thank you for coming out here, talking to our community, and uh, you know we always we always try to support everybody and anybody that we have coming through. And whenever you uh, whenever you're bored, you know, stop by the the Astro Zero Twitter Spaces, and we, we'd love to have you. Um, tomorrow we are not holding a Twitter Space, and on Wednesday we're having. Our good friend, Mr. Chief, down there with the Schleim Buddies, going to come on with us and talk about his project. Uh, Debbot, thank you again, man. Uh, you know, you're awesome. I, I really appreciate you giving us uh, a little bit over an hour to talk with our community.
1: Thank you, man. I, I so appreciate this time.